Welcome to the Daily Proverb Radio Podcast Show. Embracing wisdom every day. Welcome to Season 2 of the Daily Proverb. I guess, Aaron, we could say this is the official episode of Season 2. Episode 1 of Season 2, right? Yeah, exactly. Finally. I mean, finally. It's taken us this long to, to do this, but I, you know, it has been kind of a busy three months. But oh, yeah. we have been away from the Daily Proverb for three months. We ended the Daily Proverb at the end of the year. And so it's been... January, February, March that we've been off. During this time, Aaron, I was taking a look at our stats. We've had 85 different cities that have tuned into the Daily Proverb between January and now. So even though we haven't been on the air, people have still been listening, going back and listening to our archive episodes, which we want to encourage you to do. If you have not listened to our archive episodes, they are all pretty much labeled by topic. And if there's a specific need, maybe something you need some wisdom on, go back and take a look at the topics that we've talked on. They're normally about 10 minutes long. We also have some pretty cool reenactment stuff that Aaron has done on some of the historical figures that we've talked about in the past, which is just awesome, bro. Love when you do that. So we want to encourage you guys to go back, listen to some of that stuff. And we're doing something a little special today on episode one of season two. It's the first Monday or the Monday of Holy Week. And so this entire week, we're going to be taking a look at Passion Week or what some people call Holy Week. Yesterday was Palm Sunday. Aaron, why don't you give us a little bit of information on what Palm Sunday is for those who do not know what Palm Sunday is, which was yesterday. Yes. Palm Sunday is the day when Jesus entered the gates of Jerusalem. I believe the East Gate, if I'm correct. Wow. Okay. So I might be wrong on that. People, if I'm wrong, please. But he entered Jerusalem. But yeah, he got into Jerusalem anyway, no matter which way he just came in. Um, He came into Jerusalem. Basically, everybody was laying down their cloaks in the streets and their palms like they would for a king when they come in. And of course, they're going, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, that whole thing. So the son of David, you know, the Messiah. They recognized him as the Messiah, but they're thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to get the kingdom now. Yeah. Jesus is like, not yet, guys, not yet. Not Luke yet. 19 mentions that. Not yet, not yeah. yet. Aaron, let's talk a little bit about, let's go into our first day of the week. We're going into the first day of the week. We just talked, touched on Palm Sunday. Talk about what this Monday represents. Is there a special name for Monday? We've got Palm Sunday. We know people have heard of Good Friday. We know people have heard of Resurrection Sunday. Does Monday have a name? Holy Monday. Holy Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Holy Monday. And why do they call it Holy Monday? It's because it's the day, you know, where basically Jesus was still alive, you know, it was during the week and everything. But this day, children's supposed to be praised his name. He cursed the fig tree and he cleared out the temple. That's what he did all this one on this day. Wow. So, what happened that well, day? That's interesting. So, we're going to dive into some of that. Let's go to chapter uh, Mark chapter 11. And if you were at Providence on Sunday, we gave a handout to everybody to follow along with us throughout the entire week. Now, for Monday, the reading for this day is Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 13. And we gave you some of the events, some of the events leading up to the death and resurrection of Jesus. On the Monday portion of your handout, we did not touch on the fig tree. We did touch on Jesus cleansing the temple. But today we're going to touch on the fig tree and the cleansing of the temple in the book of Mark. So do your reading in the book of Matthew. That's great. Use this as an addition to your devotional that we handed out to everybody on Sunday to just give you some extra insight. Okay, so we're going to be in Mark chapter 11. Today we'll be taking a look at Mark chapter 11 verses 12 through 26 out of the King James Version. 
and on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat the fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went to the temple, and began to cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables and the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he talked, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made into a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it, and they sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning they passed by, and they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, Whoever shall say to, unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatever so he saith. Therefore I say to you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Pretty interesting, Aaron, the way that Mark tells the story here. As a matter of fact, there is a movie out there that kind of is similar to the storytelling of Mark, a movie called Crash. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie called Crash. It was produced in 2004. It was a pretty popular movie because the director of this movie did something that not a lot of movies do where he interweaved all types of different stories within the movie, um, which you would think all the stories had nothing to do with each other, but what made the movie cool was that all of these different stories not only interweaved in a movie, but they interweaved in a meaning. And so we're going to look at that interweaving meaning here between the fig tree, the cleansing of the temple, and the fig tree again, which is what you just read. So, Aaron, let's go ahead and just start off with some insight. Aaron, can you pick up from verse 12? The verse 12 starts off with on the next day, which tells us this is the next day from Palm Sunday, which gives us the idea that this is Monday. This is actually happening on a Monday. Talk a little bit about what's happening here. Well, right now, what's happening is Jesus is basically going from Bethany. Basically, it sounds like they went to Jerusalem and then went back. And then basically now he's going back up to Jerusalem again. Basically, so they're going on. They're walking along the way. And then Jesus sees a fig tree. He's just like, hey, I would like a fig. There is no figs. He's like, may you wither. You know what I mean? But what's interesting is fig trees are symbolic of Israel. Usually in scripture. Fig trees and olive trees are usually the two that are pointed out. So... With this fig tree situation, we will be coming back to it. Yeah. Speaking of interweaving. Yeah. Yeah, Mark kind of draws us in with a few verses here on the fig tree. Then we go into the cleansing of the temple. Now, what's interesting about the cleansing of the temple is that this is not the first time Jesus came into the temple to cleanse it. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of his ministry, right after he performed the miracle at the wedding, which is the miracle of wine, 
at the wedding, we see Jesus going to the temple, doing some cleansing, almost saying kind of the same stuff, seeing the same stuff happening um, in John chapter 2 that we see happening here in Mark chapter 11. So it's interesting that at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he makes this case and point in the temple, declaring his dislike about what was happening. And at the end of his ministry, so first week of his ministry, goes into the temple, boom, cleanses it. Last week of his ministry, three years later, goes into the temple, boom, cleanses it. Aaron, talk about why it was so bothersome to Jesus. Why was it so bothersome to him? Why was it such a bother for him to see these individuals in the temple courts doing what they were doing? Now, we know Jesus actually gives us a little bit about what his heart and his hope was. His hope was that the temple would be known as a house of prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Not well, a house of... Not a house of, not a den of thieves. Yeah. But even then, it's a house of prayer to all nations. That's the key, to all nations. The area which they were setting up their markets in which Jesus continuously had to cleanse was the place where the Gentiles would come and pray. At this point, racism did slip into the Jewish community and stuff because they were continuously getting ran over by the Gentiles. Sometimes the Gentiles were trying to force their way on the Jews. So they became, there became a huge disdain toward Gentiles and they just looked at them like, and we see that difference and that issue arising all the way back to the first century church in the book of Acts. Yeah, exactly. There had always been this kind of like issue between Mm -hmm. the Jews and basically Jews who were normally Jewish and even the Hellenistic Jews, even Hellenistic Jews, they're still Jewish. They're still ethnically Jew, but because they adopted Jew, the Greek culture, they did not like that yeah. because it's a Gentile culture. Yeah. So the figure, so there is this kind of striving between like, you know, you were just even saying. So that's what's going on is they're making that place that we're, they're supposed to seek the Lord into a place where people are just buying and selling for sacrifices and stuff dealing with the temple. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so the worship was supposed to take place mm-hmm. in the... Inside the court of the Gentiles, which was an outer court of the temple. Because you had the basically had the outside of the temple, and then you had the outer court, and then you had the inner court. Yeah. The inner court's where the Jews and everybody would go worship. Mm-hmm. The outer court's where the Gentiles were supposed to go. Yeah. But of course, like I said, they made it a marketplace. Yeah. And I will also say this. They were starving. They were not doing the mission that God told them to be. Because mm-hmm. back in Deuteronomy, Exodus, and all those books, he tells them they're supposed to be a light to the Gentiles. Yeah. Showing the Gentiles the way to him. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, they weren't, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they not, were they were totally okay <laughs> with kind of cramping their worship space and making it irreverent as possible, quite honestly, because they didn't want them to worship their God, which is pretty messed up. I mean, to think about it, I mean, they're just like, no, he's our God, okay? This is the outer court. We're going to make it as difficult as possible for you to worship and, you know, press in with him right now, which is yeah. kind of sad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that is what was happening during that time. Now, can you connect with us? We're gonna. So Mark starts off in verse eleven. I mean, verse twelve, talking about the fig tree. He then goes on um, into the cleansing of the temple, and then he goes back to the fig tree. Can you? So there's the interweaving of stories, but now we're going to get into the interweaving of meaning here. Exactly, because okay. then they come back, and Peter's like, "Hey, look at the fig tree!" You know, he's like, "What happened?" <laughs> the thing is, of course, Jesus then talks about faith and how faith must be tied in with kind of what happened there. But what's interesting is. With the fig tree representing Israel and with the whole temple thing, this is all symbolic. Basically, it's pointing out how Israel did fail its mission during that during this frame in history. It failed its mission in being a light to the Gentiles. 
And so that's the reason why God's like, okay, I'm going to put it on another people, another people who will follow me and call by my name. You will be made of Jews and Gentiles, all those who trust in me. Because that had been plan, God's plan from the beginning was to bring everyone back to himself. That was always the goal, both Jew and Gentile. But the problem was, is the Jews did lose sight of what God was tending to do. So that's the reason why God's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and use them. Now, does this mean that, like, and of course it gets to a big old topic. Did the, did the Gentiles replace the Jews as the people of God? And stuff so, like, you know, the church of Jesus did replace, you know, the Gentiles as the people, you know, the Jews as the people of God. I would say God still has the covenant with them and will fulfill it ultimately in the end and stuff like that. But for now, in, in this moment, he's mostly working through the church and stuff like that. It's those people he chose to work through for the moment. You know what I mean? But one day he will return back to Israel and Israel will be restored once again back to himself, you know, as his unified people in the Lord, as well as, you know, the now the Gentile nations as well, because it says in the end, ultimately everyone will be coming to Jerusalem to worship him. Yeah. Amen. So, but yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to the Daily Proverb today. We hope that you got something out of what we read today. We really see our podcast as a short, pithy podcast used to state some general truths and hopefully give you some pieces of advice. So hopefully you got something out of the Daily Proverb today. And once again, it's Passion Week. It's Holy Week. We're going to be spending this entire week focusing on the life of Jesus leading up to his death and resurrection. Guys, I want to encourage you to tune in tomorrow. Tune in this entire week. Let's prepare our hearts for a fantastic Easter Sunday filled with absolute expectation, knowing what it all means. I think so many times it's easy for us to approach holidays like Christmas and Easter as another day on the calendar that we got to spend a little extra money on to make awesome. That's not our hope for you as you approach Easter Sunday. We want to see you guys grow closer to the Lord this week. And for this to be the most powerful Easter Sunday you've ever had, based on your encounters with Christ this entire week. Hey, we love you guys. Aaron, any final words as we close? If there was something that you were uh, going to encourage everybody out there to maybe practice a little bit more based on what we've heard today, what would that be? To be a light to others. Don't dim it, all because you might have something against them. As Jesus says at the end here, at be forgiving. You know, don't let unforgiveness get in the way. Don't let hatred get in the way of being a light to others. Forgive, be that light. Amen. Amen. And I'll add to that, you can be that light. You can be that individual that shares what Christ has done by sharing what Christ has done in your life with those who God has surrounded you with. You know, Easter Sunday is a great day for us to invite our friends and our family to. And what a great opportunity that you have and I have this entire week to look for those opportunities for us to invite people to come fellowship, worship, and meet Jesus this Sunday. Hey, we love you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.